Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I want to let everyone know, we've been uh, asked about this in the past couple of months. People going, well, you know what, I love making one-time donations, but wouldn't it be so much easier if you guys instigated a recurring donation to where every month I could say I want to contribute X amount of dollars, and then every month that money is automatically deducted from my account. I don't have to worry about sending the money directly to you guys, and you guys benefit in the long run. And so finally, I had a few free moments, said, okay, sure, let's do that. So we do now have recurring donations. You could call it a subscription if you wanted. Uh, over at Majorspoilers.com. There are a couple of ways that you can donate to Major Spoilers. You can make a one-time donation of any amount of money that you want. You know, $2, $100. Somebody donated $1,000 a while ago. It's all good good times. If you want to go the recurring route, there are three levels that you could do there. You could do $2 a month. Every month, $2. That's, you know, less, Matthew. Less than the price of a comic book. DC says, hold the line at $2.99. Heck, we're $0.99 cents cheaper. All the free hours of entertainment that Major Spoilers bring you for $2 a month. Or, if you'd like, you could do the $5 a month recurring. Or, if you are a super fan, the $10 a month recurring. Now, I'm hoping that everybody just does the $2 a month recurring. In fact, I'm going to put the challenge. I want everybody who listens to the Major Spoilers podcast and the Critical Hit podcast to get on that $2 a month recurring donation. If we can get a hundred percent, if we can get a hundred percent contribution or hundred percent buy-in on that two dollar a month recurring, man, oh man, could we do some very cool things? And damage. you know, I don't know about you, Matthew, but I, I'm sure you don't want to be working for a call center the rest of your life. And I know Rodrigo doesn't want to be working for. PBS I definitely do not want to work for a call center for the rest of my life. I was just going <laughs> to let I you know we're hiring work. bilingual reps at seven fifty an hour. I get that. Actually, every once in a while, my other friends work at a call center. They're like, so how much do you like your job at PBS? I'm like, why? Because they're going to pay somebody twice what they pay us to do this in Spanish. <laughs> Listen, let's not make that happen, listeners. Head over to Majorspoilers.com. Click on one of those recurring payments and help out the cause. That's what all we want. We want, Rodrigo, we want to quit our day jobs. We want to quit our regular jobs and focus on major spoilers full time. And can you imagine what <laughs> Rodrigo and Matthew and I could crank out on a daily basis if we didn't have to worry about bosses breathing down our neck? TPS reports, I know, man. PBS would reports. It would be like a, a meth lab of awesome only without the meth. Welcome to Critical Hit, a major spoilers Dungeons and Dragons podcast, a real play podcast where we take uh, some guys who like to play Dungeons and Dragons, put them in a campaign created by our game master Rodrigo. Hey, Rodrigo. Hey, Steven. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know what? I'm going to bet after last week's discussion um, that we're going to jump right back in to our people over on the uh, trapped in the uh, in the basement of the tower of the Triskelion. Yeah. No. No? Again? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to us? Here I had um, my character sheet out and everything. Yeah. My wonderful, wonderful character sheet redesigned by Wizards of the Coast. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even talk about that. I'll <laughs> There's Matthew, everybody. Hi, my name's Matthew, and I talk like this. Um, He's doing this because he I hates me. And that's Rob. <laughs> <laughs> is the entire uh, purpose for this. 
That's yeah. a good reason to do a lot of things. <laughs> I, I actually do most of what I do on the show because, well, it irritates I hate people. somebody. Yeah. No, the reason, the reason why is because I like to give you guys some structure, and the structure is that I'm going to change the structure every show. Every yeah. Yay! It keeps us guessing. Well, a lack of structure is indeed a structure. Correct. Well, and the nice thing that like uh, being a cephalopod. There you go. Exactly. And the nice thing, it gives everybody a chance to get back to everyone's favorite character, Torque and Ket. Wait, who plays Torque again? Dynamic duo. <laughs> I give vaults. Uh, <laughs> I had to no sell. It's actually a pretty good joke. <laughs> <laughs> but I owe, as of right now, I owe Rob 134 no sold jokes. <laughs> it was 135. No, and yes, you, uh, owe, you owe him about half of that, and then the other half is no get jokes. <laughs> ah, I bet. I always get those oh, confused. That's going to be difficult. All right, I would like go. apologize for my Cocoa Puffs, but I haven't had breakfast yet. All right, there is such a thing as a mute button, and we all have them. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> all right, Rodrigo, please. Okay, so we will take you back to the Cirrus Warrior, which, if you will recall, is crewed by a Dragonborn captain and his motley crew, as well as the four... Envoys, two from the Layman Initiative, Ket and Torque, and then two from the Pentatheon, um, Seven Owls Wise, and Albrecht Ghostbeard. So we will start out with Torque getting a loud knock on his cabin door. Am I awake? Uh, you, well, you are now. Uh, who is it? Uh, this is Klaus. Do I know? Do I know Klaus? Yeah, Klaus is the uh, um, second in command on the ship. Oh, I like Klaus. Hey, Klaus! I'm gonna open the door. Hey, Torque. Uh, the captain wants you and Ket to go up to his uh, his quarters. He wants you to uh, figure out if we are in fact heading to uh, the Demon Web or if we're going somewhere else. Okay. I thought I thought I thought he said Demon Web. I'll go. I'll go get Ket. Okay. So I'm going to go down the hall. Okay. I'm going to knock gently on Ket's door, and it's going to sound like this. Okay. There appears to be no answer from Ket's room. Ket! Hey, Ket! Ket! Hey, hey, Ket! There is still no answer from Ket's room. This goes on for about five minutes, but I won't subject people to it. Okay. <laughs> and then Torque realizes maybe Ket is already up on the bridge. Mm-hmm. So I turn around and try to find the bridge. Okay. Um, and then when I end up in the engine room... <laughs> yes. You are, you are then given instructions to the bridge. Thanks, um, Scotty. On your way up, you see your other two companions on this voyage um, who are probably one of them is just getting done with his morning prayers the other one probably prays around midnight um, okay. but they are on their way up to see the captain as well hey fellas good morning morning yeah we, we we're we're going to the the demon web right uh, I think that was up to your uh, other companion well, I don't know I did I, I just go where I'm pointed at. All right. You know where the bridge is? Because I forgot. It's this way. 
Okay. Alright, so you guys go up, make your way to the captain's quarters. The door's open, there's a light breakfast there waiting for you. How'd they make a breakfast out of light? Well, that is magic. Um, uh, that's pretty cool. Some brand muffins. <laughs> yes. Um, Quantum cocoa puffs. Yep. <laughs> I can't tell if his breakfast is a packet or a wave. It's pretty cool. <laughs> All brand right. muffins are pretty magical. <laughs> That's my last one, I promise. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, so you go into the captain's quarters. Again, he's sitting there waiting for you. The captain is a skinny dragonborn, pretty tall. He waves you in and motions for you to sit down. We sit. Is Cat in there? No, he is not. Hmm. I I, re- I remain standing because uh, they they chairs ain't exactly um, non breakable. <laughs> I see. Where is Ket? Well, I was about to ask you the same thing. Did you me turning to Torque? Did you knock on his door? Yeah. Um, Captain. Yes. If and your your crew was to uh, <clears throat> engage in games of chance amongst each other, uh-huh. <laughs> where, where where might that that uh, you know, uh, you know be? Uh, that would probably be in the galley. Although right now we're, uh, I really doubt that anybody would be doing that. We're uh, we're we've been hearing some noise in the engine, so about half the crew is down there trying to figure out what the issue is. Hmm. Well, let's see. If I was Ket, I would be either... Well, let's see. Ket does four things. He he rolls dice and he plays cards and he he says mean things to me that I'm not supposed to get. And then he, he talks a lot. So where could he do any of them four things? I'm not entirely sure. The captain stands up and uh, peeks out of his door. And you know, does that thing where he puts his uh, middle and, and middle finger and thumb in his mouth and makes a loud whistling noise. Um, somebody runs over to him, although you don't see him because he's on the other side of the door. And the captain yells, "Find cat now!" And you just hear the guy turn around and go off. The captain sits down. At which point, uh, Reginald floats in. goes over to the corner. So the closest port is the Demon Web. This is Lolth's, um, as you well know. I think <coughs> excuse me, our best course of action would be to head over there now, almost you know, partially for the same reason that it was wise to meet Tiamat first. That is to say, Loth might be aware that we're here, and if we pass her by, she might not take it. Although we don't. Well. We don't want to insult her honor, or status, or nothing. Correct. That sounds like a good plan. So we got there, and then we got over here where what's his name is. 
what's his name? Asmodeus. Yeah, that guy. That would him. be the next closest place. I'd, I'd say probably the Dean. Wait a minute. That's kind of a cool-looking word. But anyway, I'd say probably the Demon Web is the best place to go next. Very well. Uh, well, if you f- see Cat, tell him to come find me if he has any objections. We'll make a course for the Demon Web. I'll make sure that he doesn't have any objections. That works, like too. Very well. Uh, once you are done eating, you're dismissed. Aye, aye, Captain. That's fun to do. I was kind of wanting to be a sailor. <clears throat> they wouldn't let me on the ship, though. You know those, uh, what do they call those things on the on the water when you have the big white thing and it catches the wind? A sail? Yeah. It, you set three or four of those on fire and they start saying something about landlubbers and saying you should maybe join the police or something. I don't know. I see. Well, there are no sails in this vessel, so... Hey. Well, that's, that's good, because I'd probably accidentally set them on fire. Well... <clears throat> And, and that can be an issue. That said, you are on the ship for a certain amount of time. If you want, we can teach you to sail this ship. Oh, that. Let, let's do that. Very well. When we, when you all return from the demon web, and uh, please understand that I'm trying to, uh, that I usually refrain from throwing the ifs into these discussions for the purpose of planning. Uh, when you all return, we can start on your training. That, that'll be that'll be excellent. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Very well. Torque's going to get to drive. <laughs> all right. So you guys finish eating. Um, Cat doesn't show up. Hmm. <clears throat> Troubling. And then... Regi- would Reginald know? Reginald... Hello. Uh, do you know where Ket might be located? I have not seen him, but I can look for him if you want. That would be helpful. This is definitely not ideal. Yes. Well, fellers, I guess that means I'm a leader. Um... I think we should split up and try and find him because uh, I don't know if he, if he fell off or fell asleep or something, but I don't understand all that magic key stuff and something bad may be going down. Very well. Probably be the best to try to find him uh, as soon as we can. I, th- I think we should split up. Ye- uh. Oh, wait a minute. We can't split three in half. Hang on. I'm doing math here. I think we're going to have to split into one, two, three groups. And I'll, I'll start at uh, bottom and work up. And uh, Albrecht, you should start at the top and work down. And seven, you should start in the places where only little guys can go. Let's let's do that. All right. One, two, three, break. Right. So you guys break. <clears throat> At which point, I'm guessing Torque runs out the door and the rest of you walk out the door. <laughs> um, and you guys look and look, and eventually the captain calls for you guys to get ready because you're getting close to the demon web and there's still no sign of Cat. 
it is it is now clear that Kit is not on the ship. <laughs> we even searched his room. As yes. say, as the the rooms don't lock, so mm-hmm. you can actually eventually just walk into his room and his room is empty. Okay. Okay. The moment so, things have been waiting for. <laughs> have I ever seen Ket teleport? I don't think so. Nope. I've seen Orem not, teleport. <clears throat> not through his own powers, definitely. I've seen Orem teleport. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Randis teleport. Correct. So that means that 33 and one-third percent of all the magic-y guys that I know... Mm-hmm. Did I ever see Smith teleport? I don't, don't think, think so. so. Possibly. No, I don't think... No, it was mostly... Uh, Wait, didn't, didn't one of his... Yeah, you would have seen because, like, his uh, star face which I think he was only ever in once, actually allowed him to teleport, I think. So maybe. Yeah. So Smith probably teleported once or twice. Orem teleports about once, once every fight. fight or so. <laughs> Orem teleports as soon as he remembers that he can teleport. Yeah. Seven, seven Owls Wise is so fast, maybe he appears to teleport. but That could be. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing torque think in my mind. If some of the guys who are magic, he can teleport, and we got teleported here from the, the natural world then somehow maybe somebody teleported him. Um, and Smith and Orm were probably more similar in their magic-y than uh, Randus is, mm-hmm. since Randus is more magitech yeah. okay. than actually straight-up magic. I would, magic, I would so. say, yeah, definitely from a layman's perspective, you, you wouldn't necessarily put uh, Randus and Orm's styles of magic together, whereas Ked and Orm's, were, or not Ked, uh, Smith's and Orm's are probably a little bit more similar. Okay. Ked and Orm's are probably about... I'm going to try and... Yeah. I'm going <clears> to <throat> see if do we have a moment before we get called or have we been called? Um, you are being called, which means you get some time to, you know, put on armor and get your weapons ready and stuff. Mm. I wanted to see if maybe Albrecht or, or Seven Owls could use some sort of magicness to look and see if there was like teleport juice on the walls or I something. I don't have that power. <laughs> well, then I armor up. Who is the smartest of, of us? Not me. You. 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 Me, really? Uh, that'd, that'd be me. This is above a 10, right? I'm at a 10 with a 4. Yours has two digits, right? Yep. <laughs> Great. Yes. You're you're currently the smartest man in the room. Great. Now you know how I feel. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, once again, that means that command devolves to Halston Thorkelson. Let's cut this turkey. I'm going to go, and I'm going to negotiate with the demon web. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> this ought to be awesome. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, before we uh, <laughs> disembark the ship, uh, it might be good to uh, to go back over the the letter that uh, Balbelbina mm-hmm. had sent to us all. Do we have it? It gives us a little bit it. of information about Lolf, the goddess of nightmares. So I reach into my little cloak and pull out a little scroll okay. and unwrap it. It makes the email noise, doesn't it? Uh, no, it probably kind of makes more of a, of a scrolling noise, kind of like this. It'd be like... Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll, scroll, scroll. That's probably where scrolling came from. Uh, holy, holy City of the Demon Web. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the memo that we all received. Out of all the members of the Dark Council, Lolf may be the most dangerous. Many atrocities have been committed in the names of other gods, but none continue to impact the inhabitants of the natural world like the Sundering did. Lolf speaks to her priests through prophetic dreams and maddening riddles, infecting them with a madness that is rumored to be contagious. 
when interacting with her priests, don't let them bait you into doing something you will regret later. Oh boy. So now this, the sundering to, refers to. That's a good the, question. Everybody can give me a religion roll. <laughs> All right, Torque, time Ooh. to show us religious guys up. Look at that. Yep. <laughs> Eleven. I, I like that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 19, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Good uh, job. Uh, the uh, religious scholar Halston Thorkelston was heard <laughs> to say, uh, I think I remember something about that sundering. You know, I think yep. if we ever actually give him a bonus in religion, it's immediately going to go away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Here's, here's what I'm, I'm guessing probably happened. Uh, Reginald has some texts on the ship, which... Uh, Torque was probably curious about, especially because some of them have cool bashing and slashing names like the Sundering. And they probably have pictures in them too. Yeah, some of them are illustrated. Um, so here's what Torque knows about the Sundering. Once upon a time, there was only one kind of elfy guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> However, Rodrigo is going to deliver information in Torque speak, ladies yep. and gentlemen. This is wonderful. <laughs> there was only one kind of elfy guy, and then a mean lady named Lolith or something like that tricked a third of the elfy guys into being bad, and in order for them to become bad, they had to split up the other two-thirds. And now you have fancy pants elves, really intense elves, and evil elves. Okay. <laughs> so we're looking at the drow, mm-hmm. the... Uh, Regular elves, mm-hmm. and then the cool orum type elves, right? And the Eldrin, Eldrin, or the fancy pansies. Yep. <clears throat> so, so speaketh Torque, and so it was. Okay. The end. I'm curious as to how Torque is going to rationalize this with half elves. <laughs> well, that, that's easy. There are no elves in our group, so. Um. You know how oh, my dad my dad was half elf, orc. Ket's yeah. gone. We don't know where Ket's at. My dad was half a orc and my mom was a whole orc. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes when a orc and and uh, another orc like each other very much, they'd give a special kind of hug. And sometimes if they're very lucky, humans don't get killed when that happens. And thus there are half elves. The end. So <laughs> that joke died. Let's move on. As uh, <laughs> as you pull into port, um, the uh, door that leads down into the uh, into the lower levels of the ship opens, and Ked walks out of it. Oh, we've been looking all over for you. You lost her first hand. That's not good. Um, yeah, I got pulled away for some other things. Okay, care to explain? We've spent the better part of the morning looking for you. Oh, I've got some deals with some higher beans that uh, can be kind of invoked... When they feel is necessary. Hmm. Okay. You know. You know what I like better when my teammates disappear. 
forewarning. Everything. Don't do that again, please. I will try to warn you next time. <laughs> well, we are approaching or See arrived at the Demon's Web. Well, for one, you could let him know that it's going to happen again. There needs to be a... Yeah. You don't have to. Go. I'm just saying. <laughs> we're, we're... Uh, I did tell him there will be a next time. Yep. <clears throat> so, you guys um, pull towards the demon web. The demon web is, in fact, a big, horrendous cocoon. It is immense. It seems to spiral towards the sky and just kind of... Uh, Increases in width as it comes back down towards the astral sea. Um, like a funnel web? Yeah. Okay. Um, there are other cocoon pods, which as you come closer seem to be, you know, uh, entire islands onto themselves. Um, there are thin strands that connect all these little islands, and every once in a while you see spiders some of which have to be at least dog-sized, moving between them. Um, you also spot in the sky a few bat-wing monstrosities, most likely actual demons, just kind of flying around. Do they have spider legs? They don't. These guys seem to be your standard D&D, you know, bat-wings, long tail with a pointy thing, horns kind of demons. So the Dean Demons. Mm-hmm. Do um, do we know anything more about Alolf than what we've been presented in Belbina's... Uh, you might. Uh, what would you like to know about her? Well, uh, you know how um, Seven Owls Wise is an emissary of... Um, Bahamut. Bahamut, who is a natural enemy of Tiamat, right? Yeah. The two are direct that, opposites Yeah, of definitely, another. if... Uh, if there's one that something that sticks in her cr- in his craw, is, it's Tiamat. Okay. Uh, is is there something similar with that yeah. we need to be Coralon aware of? Coralon and Lolf yeah. do not okay. get along. Is there anybody that's a Coralon? Uh, not not mm. here. Not in this group. Okay. No. All right. So Brenzen is our Coralon guy. Yep. Okay. So that works out for right now. Okay. And do we know what motivates uh, Lolf besides fear and scary fears and loathing? Um. In most of the stories that you've seen, the lolf factors into it. It seems to be a a perverse pleasure for getting people to do stuff that they don't want to do, like basically without actually, you know, possessing them or physically controlling them, getting people to make bad Bad decisions. decisions. So lolf is a dungeon master. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Probably in more ways than one. Yep. So a controller. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is there a um, you know Tiamat crave gold and possessions mm-hmm. beyond just controlling people? Is there some some bribiness something that might be a weak point that we may know of with Lolth or not? No, that's that's definitely something that you're gonna have, have to, to figure out. Have to figure out and really whatever if if she has something in mind, it's not going to be. Do we know um, what she looks like? Is she a giant spider then, is my guess? No, she usually is depicted as a drow of some sort. Okay. Um, usually female. Okay. Uh, and then, do we know, Kat, you've got, you've got some elf traits that are very apparent? I'm 
He's got mildly pointy yeah, I'm, ears. I'm very obviously a half elf. Okay. Right, not so is there something you can do like cover your ears or something? Is that going to be cause a problem then if there's an elf that shows up in front? No, of it wall? wouldn't. I mean, n we would be more likely to offend her by trying to deceive her. I know. Yeah. <laughs> she may appreciate mm. the fact that we'd be trying to deceive her. Mm. Uh, Although, it sounds an awful lot like hubris to me. Yeah. yeah. Probably be yeah. a better idea no, not she, to attempt to deceive. Tiamat doesn't hate other elves. Not Tiamat, sorry. Loth doesn't hate Loth. other elves. Okay. Um, she, in fact, feels that all elves will eventually come around to her point of view. Okay. You know, when she uh, took a third of the elves, she really wanted all of the elves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. But some of the elves were too intense, and the other elves were too fancy-pants to yeah. talk to her. <laughs> They were like, you spiders. <laughs> get them away, get them away. Yep. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> the Cyril so Warrior. Well, just to prep, then, uh, there just happens sure. probably we had some meatish stuff on our plate for breakfast. Sure. There's some blood, and I just go ahead and take some blood and oh, inscribe God. some of my... Uh, probably not. No? Power, power I, pork I might, chop. I might... That that would probably because actually be considered he probably offensive did it, to Bahamut. Said, hey, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. this is like this is like an animal that you know was not a worthy oh, okay. adversary okay. of any sort. I mean, th was, yeah. you know, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. to not not to you know get too much into what you want the character to play right, out. Right, but right. I mean, I would I would leave it to urge the you. I would urge you to limit it to, okay, to a, a very specific ritual. All right, very well. Um, so yep, you guys. Uh, are led into a uh, an, a cove of spider webs and stone, and waiting there to meet you is a small procession, all of which are drow. And what drow look like? They have usually very dark skin, like straight up jet black. Um, some of them have more purplish. <laughs> skin, but usually under the light conditions that they hang out in, you can't tell. Um, universally, they have white hair and white eyes um, that are entirely featureless. So, no pupil? No pupils. Okay. They have a, a racial bonus that makes people go, ooh, badass. Yep. <laughs> um... All of, them, all of them are trying to uh, subvert the drow stereotype and be good. No, they're not. <laughs> and they all have the two scimitars. Yep. So, you guys pull in. There is clearly a guy here who is supposed to be in charge. Um, he is... A guy? Yeah. So we're not going to the whole both is sexist in favor of the females thing? Um... How do you, first off, how do you know this is a task that she would appoint to someone she likes? <laughs> I mean, Every time you try to outthink him, Rob, we get a near TPK. Leave it be. For, for, all, for all you know, this guy's job is leading, lead them to the giant spider that's going to eat them. And you. And Sounds you. Sounds about yeah. right. Um... 
Before we embark, I do have one more question about Lolth. What have I been able to glean about her part of the Treaty of Worms? The Treaty of Worms doesn't go too deeply into each individual god's parts, except that some gods did have to trade in a little bit more than others. Lolth got out of the contract pretty well. She only has to largely abide by the whole, you know, don't start out and out war, don't have your emissaries, emissaries in other people's uh, cities, you know, the actual divine ones. Um... Uh, you know, as well as, you know, don't do, like, a, a lot of uh, things that prevent them from e even kind of uh, even roundabout ways of starting a war or attacking the other cities. So it is very limiting in any sort of military aspect, but there's definitely nothing there that says, you know, don't find out nasty secrets about them and sell them to their enemies kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> so Lolth tends to do pretty well as far as that goes. Nice. Definitely a lot of others like uh, Tiamat and Bahamut are a lot more constrained by the Treaty of Worms because of their styles. Um, so, so, are Drow allowed into the other cities? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're just only the ones that are specifically... Right. Basically, angels, demons, archons, anything that is not... Mundane? Like, huh? Mundane. Right. Anything that's not either natural or fey, and you can probably get away with some shadow stuff here and there, but anything that's immortal is probably going to be kicked out or start an incident. Or possibly, depending on their power, not physically actually able to enter. What about um, Davis? Yeah. Well, I don't know. What about Davis? Also, what's a Deva? Archons. Yes. Not... I don't think he means solar Davis. Um, I mean, Deva, the playable race. Right. I know. Anyway. <coughs> you guys approach Doc and the uh, gangplank is lowered. And again, there is a guy, and he is wearing um, black robes with silver accents, um, has kind of pointy shoulders, um, but otherwise the robes are largely featureless, um, aside from, you know, the, the trim actually being silver. Um, the other people there are wearing similar robes, except they don't wear pointy shoulders. As you uh, disembark, he bows to you. Bow in return. Okay. Greetings, travelers. My name is Gizert. If you will follow me, I will lead you to my lady's palace. Absolutely. And you guys start walking. So, who do I have the pleasure of leading here? I am uh, Ket Hazard. Mm -hmm. uh, my companions are... Austin Thorkelson, Albrecht Ghostbeard, and Seven Owls Wise. Oh, I see. A very diverse retinue. Gesundheit. <laughs> it helps to approach problems from uh, multiple directions when we're dealing with this. <laughs> I'm sure it does. You guys continue to walk for a little bit. Um, and then basically get out of this cove and deeper into the 
city. Um, inside the city appears to be a network of tunnels that are about equal parts spider, like, you know, uh, tunnels that have been made out of spider webs and also just rock tunnels. Um, there probably is a, a solid rock foundation to this place, but uh, a lot, there's been a lot of work done either to just mine out passages or create passages out of webs. And of course, any passage that is clearly made of stone also has all these webs on it. Um, just out on this relatively large alcove that seems to deal to, you know, uh, lead to a couple other coves. Um, there are a lot of drow. You do spot a couple humans. Um, and there are a lot, a lot of spiders. There are little tiny spiders, there are medium-sized spiders, there are big spiders. Um, every once in a while, as, you know, it's clear that in that tunnel over there, there's a source of light, but you can't see it, so you can just see a... Uh, silhouette of what is going on through the spider webs in that other tunnel and every once in a while through some of them you see them just darken as what is clearly some truly enormous spider is moving through them. Xert uh, leads you to a um, something that looks a lot like uh, one of those and I've forgotten the name of it the uh um, you know those like carriages, but that are actually carried by people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rickshaw. It, well, it's a rickshaw without the wheels. Yeah, yeah it's oh. like four. Yeah. yeah, it's like four people, mm -hmm. except there are no. It is just a big carriage mm -hmm. that doesn't have any wheels or anything. Mm -hmm. And he motions for you to get in. Okay. Get in. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you all get in. Kind of that surrounded everybody before we get in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you all fit in. Um, it's a snug fit with whoever is on the same Torque seat side. as Torque. Albrecht. Uh, <laughs> so so then it's, is it's Torque and Albrecht on, on one side and then everyone else on the other. Um, Did you just not hit sitting next to Torque? <laughs> no, I went with the funniest image. Yeah. <laughs> That's hurtful. It's hurtful. <laughs> your face is hurtful. Yeah. Uh, so is your mother. All right. <laughs> um, only the guy who is leading you and one other person get in with you. Everyone else stays where they are. Um, and he just turns to you and says, So, has your trip been pleasant so far? Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's good. We'll uh, we'll try to make your your time here as as comfortable as possible. Uh, I can't. I honestly can't guarantee that uh, my lady will see you right away. She has a lot of pressing matters. Uh, it's it's understandable. Mm. Have you uh, had any luck contacting any of the other uh, members of the Dark Council? We have been in contact with uh, one or two. I see. And, and it's all gone well? Uh, as to be expected, there's been some uh, ups and downs. I see. Well, that's good. I mean, the, uh, in the end, we ended up on an up, correct? 
Well, that's good to hear. Um, at this point, sort of as as he pauses and and there's kind of a lull in the conversation, you realize that you're moving. Um, and if you peek out of the window, you see that the coach, in fact, has four sets of big spindly spider legs. Um, and so, like thirty-two legs, or what did I say? You said four sets of big spindly. Spider legs? Four sets. Yeah, so a set of spider legs would be eight. <laughs> well, it could be four sets of two. Okay. So four spare pairs of spider. Pe- 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 pe. That's yes. right. That thing you just said. <laughs> yes, four pairs of spider legs, or eight, if you will. Eight spider legs. Move on. I like 32. Just <laughs> yep. No, it's not, it's not quite that excessive. Um, and you also realize that most of them are now on the wall, but the, um, the coach attempts to, uh, basically keep you guys up straight as much as possible. Um, I think I'm going to stop watching now. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. (laughs) Especially since you're pretty sure you're heading towards a hole. So, some time passes. Um, Gizzard is very uh, polite and continues to ask things about your journey and not, uh, perhaps most unnervingly, not in any sort of way that openly denotes that he's trying to get a lot of information. He kind of is asking like somebody who's, you know, making polite small talk. Idly filling time. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I will still avoid any specifics. Sure, sure. Um, why don't you go ahead and give me a diplomacy check? Oh boy. Fifteen. Okay. That's the lowest I can get without just failing. Well, you you certainly avoid spilling any major beans. Major beans. Yes. <laughs> I shot it. Probably should have been using beguiling tongue for that too. Hmm. Yeah. Probably should have. Yeah, maybe save it. He's probably doing all that Cal Lightman CSI well, crap where everything ahead, you tell him gives him five. Twenty. Okay, <laughs> then that's even better. Um, I would become doubly trained. Yep. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Matthew, you want to give me an Arcana check just for just for kicks? <laughs> All right. 42. Do I have Arcana? <laughs> probably, probably, yeah. probably not straight. 22. Um. <laughs> uh, oh, damn it. <laughs> did, did you roll Sometimes I hate my dice. Did you roll an at 20? Uh, I rolled a 19. Oh, yeah. yes. My Arcana is a 3. Oh, yeah, because now we have half levels. To, yes. to throw half things. level plus modifier. Nice. Um... Uh, by this point, you've realized that every once in a while, Ket, uh, when Ket is talking to people, there's this almost imperceptible aura that surrounds them that is, you know, not natural, uh, mm-hmm. other other than the, you know, uh, what I, what I want to say, like, uh, um, like rhetorical, like aura that normally, like or aura of of, of 
good cheer that normally surrounds him. I mean, literally, some dark essence surrounds him sometimes when he is talking to people. You think you have noticed it before, but for the first time, you actually manage to pinpoint what he's doing. Normally comes with a few uh, more exaggerated gesticulations than mm -hmm. normal. Of course, Ket is a bit more on the exaggerated gesticulations anyways. Right. But... So, you guys continue traveling, sometimes straight down. Um, this seems to be taking an awfully long time. Well, this is a large city. Mm. And eventually, you get to the um, Cocoon Palace of Loth. Creepy. Yes. It is, no in fact, just a big web formation that it does not seem to be to have any sort of uh, deliberate shape. It just, if you think of, you know, kind of a very, uh, what do I want to say? A um, thin S shape just kind of uh, goes to the right a little bit, then comes down a little bit. Kind of like that central pillar that then actually as it comes to the ground mm, uh turns towards you and opens up into a big funnel. Okay. Clutch my prayer beads a little tighter. Okay. Um, there are a lot of sources of light around here, which at first might be somewhat comforting, but, you know, it seems like it looks like torchlight, but then you uh, realize that it's not natural torchlight. It is actually a... It is actually black fire. Like, hmm. it is fire that illuminates like that is completely black it's like a, 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 a nothingness that illuminates the area around there somehow hmm. okay it makes everything look weirdly like it's in black and white okay um Zert gets off the coach and leads you in um there are some attendants there who all um, kind of uh, fall into line with you. Um, by this point, he's also tried to figure out you know, what you all like to eat and things like that to see if he can procure it. Um, so when these, all these attendants show up, he kind of sends them in different directions to get uh, what you want if you've made any requests. They're probably all just going to come back with funnel cakes. Probably not all of them. Um, all but three. Yes, all, all but two. Um, and he leads you to a hallway. This hallway has been largely built out of stone. Although, judging from the palace itself, you would guess that this is like a stone box that is embedded into the web. Um, that has, you know, rooms carved out of it. Um, everything here is oddly circular. There aren't your traditional kind of uh, um, thin then round on top doorways. Everything's pretty much a, a uh, circle that is, you know, or some kind of slide oval. Um, and you are led into your rooms. And by this point, he's talked to a few people and um, turns around and says, well... It really doesn't seem like uh, my lady will be able to see you today. Mm -hmm. um, 
I will have uh, food brought to your rooms. Uh, we will. Uh, you can come down. We'll prepare breakfast for you tomorrow morning. And I uh, hope you enjoy your stay. I do recommend that you don't go exploring. We will have attendants at the ends of the hallways there and there. Uh, if you need anything, talk to them. But uh, this place is actively dangerous at times, especially at night. Of course. Well, if there's nothing else, then I will take my leave. And he leaves. Uh. So there you guys are. So were we each put in uh, individual rooms? You are each put into an individual room. Um, the the doors are made of wood, and they actually um, slide into the stone. Um, they actually just kind of roll into a groove to let you in. Um, and the rooms are nice. I mean, inside the rooms are like normal furnishings. And aside from the fact that the room itself is lit with candles that are black, you wouldn't, uh, like with black fire, you wouldn't, you know, think that this, that you are in some horrendously creepy palace. Like the, you know, there's <laughs> nice maroon bed sheets and, you know, and, um, <laughs> a large, a large rusty golem. <laughs> Strange squeaking noises. Yeah. Could we get Whoa. someone to oil this golem? Yeah. No. Um, so there you guys are. Somewhere um, Randus yells, "Sorry." He has a room, and then there is also a common area. There's not a, a wide hallway is about all you got for a common area, but each room is spacious enough that, and there's like each room also has a table and chairs. Um, and we'll say also a uh, like lounging sofa type deal. Okay. Um, so if you know, you all could certainly go into a single room and, and talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I go into Kit's room. Okay. Kit, come in. Do you uh, have a plan of action here with Tiamat? You seem to know what you were doing, or at least had an, a, a hope to. Uh, to convince uh, Tiamat to join the cause? I think that with Lolf, my best course of action is going to be ask her what she wants. Okay. The direct approach is often the best approach. Well, Tiamat, I had some ideas as to what I could potentially offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Lolf... She's got too many secrets. Uh, also, we're going to set it up so you three are staying in my room tonight. Okay, so we can keep an eye on you so you don't disappear again? No, so we can uh, keep a watch and prevent them from uh, trying to take us out. Okay. We better go get them. Yeah. Is it Albrecht? Yes. Albrecht. Torque. What? Yep. Come, please. Uh, what? All right. <laughs> All right. So, wealth, trades, and secrets, and deceivery, and, you know, all that. 
we're going to stay in one room so as we can uh, keep a watch. Sounds like after the uh, yeah. probably a generally a good idea when we're dealing with the dark cancel. Yeah. And after the mess uh, with Tiamat's <laughs> boy. <laughs> yeah. It'd be best just to be on our guard. Mm -hmm. I don't know. These don't seem like the kind of guys to come at you in the night. These are the kind of guys who stab you in the back in the middle of a crowd and then hold their hands up like they didn't do nothing. <laughs> also possible. True. These sneaky, stabby, poisony guys who you can't axe them in half because they're all slimy and stuff. Beyond what the cat. Beyond yeah. what the drow look like, what else do we know collectively about the drow beyond what we as players have read in the... Um, uh, yeah, Torque has it about right. Um, there was a major drow <laughs> attack in the central continent. Um, actually, if you'll recall, actually both, no. If Torque will recall, he actually be, would be the only one who was there. Tony mentioned uh, something... No, you weren't there, but Thony was. He mentioned fighting in the Underdark Wars, and that had a uh, had a significant uh, portion of Drow attacking. And they also conscripted monsters from all over the place to help them fight. Hmm. Yep. Um, so Drow are definitely, you know, traditionally speaking, you rarely ever see a group of Drow attacking. You usually see other things attacking, and there's a Drow in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of you guys are, um... So the drow are instigators? They tend to be, yes. Okay. But that's, I mean, that's that's what they're famous for, if if nothing else, I mean, you know. And they lead the charge from the back? They do, okay. but they're also, you know, again, uh, you know, excellent marksmen. They are world famous for sure. their badass crossbows and poisoned arrows. Sure. Now this is the, I mean... As far as the listeners know, and as far as we know, mm -hmm. the only other creature that we've met from the Feywild is Orm. Right. Right, the drow. Mm -hmm. Have any of these characters ever met a drow before? Um, or have, I should say, have we ever met a drow? Have I ever seen a drow before? You have not. Ket probably has. Okay. Um, Ket Tork. deals with the seedier crowd. Yeah. Okay. Torque probably hasn't. Albrecht might have at some point, but if anything, Albrecht comes from a more of a uh like a, a clan that is that it has had has a religious mm -hmm. um um upbringing like they're all uh pretty tight with the raven queen so if he has met them it has only been in the uh um in the capacity of a f passing funerary priest or maybe settling some kind of border dispute or something like that and the drow usually don't like the drow only ever get involved if they think they can win. Okay, so it's not just it's not common to just walk down the street and nope. one out of drow, a thousand people are a drow. And drow are not common. Um, obviously, from um, from Orem's time running around in the natural world, Eldrin are also not common outside of like outside right. of the Feywild. You are likely to see elves around and half elves, but. Really, most of the stuff that you run into just out and about in towns is humans. There are a few dwarves that have ventured out of their holds, but, you know, for the most part, everybody keeps to themselves. Okay. Again, you know, the first tiefling, uh, almost all you guys ever met was Belbina. Okay. All right. 
that gives us some, a little bit more flavor of knowing. Yeah, where I mean, we're this at. is this is more drow that you're ever likely to see again. <laughs> okay, hopefully, <laughs> definitely. If you're going to see a ton of drow, you might as well see them in the demon web because if you see them outside of the demon web, you're in trouble. Unless they're on our side. Yes, I was saying. No, I plan on seeing a ton of drow outside of the demon web mm. when we take down the cyst. Good plan. So, uh, what are your shifts consist of? Uh, at some point, food is brought to you. By the way, right? Yeah. Ah, I checked oh. for spiders. You find spiders. Ah, not in the food. Oh, <laughs> but if you check anywhere else, you find spiders. Okay, all right. Let's talk about spiders for a while because <laughs> I know that Otter Disaster is listening, and I want to creep him out as much as possible. Spiders. Are there, are there giant spiders with their le- their legs moving in that mechanical manner as they climb around on the walls and stuff? Most of the spiders here, um, you don't see. You basically don't see any tarantula type spiders. Or even any wolf spider type spiders. Most of the spiders around here are your black widow or like orb weaver big, type. Big abdomen spiders. Yeah, big abdomen, really tiny, really long legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like the one that used to nest above our apartment and make him not come home for days at a time. That's nice. awesome. Yeah, yeah, one of those. <laughs> are any of them as big as a dinner plate? Um, you have on your way in, you definitely saw, you're like, you saw ones that are like the size of a Great Dane. Joys, <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the body of the spider was the size of a Great Dane's body, which means the legs were significantly longer than that. Right? <laughs> okay. Now the thirty percent of the audience is going wow in some way. Spiders. Thirty percent probably more creeped out than the candle-headed yes. guys. <laughs> and at least you, you were put in the dudes with the facey flaps. At least you were put in the spider wing. You could have been put in the scorpion wing. <laughs> <laughs> That's scorpion that's where, that's where the people from Eberron uh, stay. <laughs> I loved Scorpion Wing, Mm-mm-mm. especially when they made that movie with uh, the guy from Scooby Doo and Scorpion Wing. Pew 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 pew. pew. Let's move on. Okay, so who wants shift. to take the sh- first shift? All right. Well, first off, uh, we're gonna make like uh, each person's actually going to their own individual room before we set up shifts. Okay. Uh, we're g- I'm going to try and set it up so as the guards don't realize that we're all in one room. Okay. Uh, which shouldn't be too difficult. You know, distract them with something, rather. Mm-hmm. Torque. Well, I-, I was going to talk to one of them, distract them, you know, get them paying attention to me. Right. Yeah, because it's all about Ket. Okay, go ahead and give me a diplomacy check. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Ket. With the beguiling tongue. Ket. Okay. <laughs> I didn't need the beguiling time. <laughs> Thirty-six. Okay. Well, there are people. There are like attendants because mm-hmm. they're not armed or anything. Um, on either side of the hallway, you go over and you start talking to one, and the other guy wanders over to talk to you as well. So you basically have both of them with their backs to the rooms. So, despite the fact that uh, you know. In a meta sense, uh, Brian just spilling all of his dice on the floor just now is very similar to what happens as him and Tork, and as Albrecht and Tork try to sneak out. Um, you still manage to keep the drow occupied to the point where they don't realize it. Yeah, make some semi-ridiculous requests for some... Sure. Yeah. Some, like let's, delicacies. Let's, yeah, a couple of delicacies. Honestly... A specific salve for ye- Tork's athlete's foot. Nice. <laughs> I, I, honestly, while you're at it, 
you might actually be able to find stuff here that you don't find other places. Yeah. So, it, you know, if you're going to ask for ridiculous stuff, you might as well ask for ridiculous stuff that you actually like. Candied spider legs. Yep. Mm. Probably. <laughs> hey, that might be Guy's favorite uh, treat. On a, on and I do owe him a fair <laughs> chunk of random things. Yeah, that's true. Yes, I would like a bowl of spiders for my imp. So, you guys all managed to uh, hoodwink the guards into thinking you're each in your own room. <laughs> they're going to be they're going to be a lot of stabbed pillows tomorrow morning. That's the plan. <laughs> um, okay, so now who, how how the shifts go? <sighs> Torque, Ket, oh. Sow, Ghostbeard. Okay, we can't call him that. But it is so much easier. Oh, you haven't heard me snore. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't call him that. I mean, that just that devalues him as a character. Uh, I think we should just call him Seven O W. That's that's actually how I I, I always uh, abbreviate him Seven O W. Or the Seven Ow. <laughs> seven Ow. Seven, seven Ow. Spiders. I've got a license. Get down! <laughs> he, he's the hardest working man in the material plane. Wow! All right. Get in the hot so tub. Work first. Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, Torque stays up without too many problems. And then who's up next? Cat. Okay. Uh, Torque goes to wake up Cat. Cat's a little groggy Cat. from his uh early morning adventures. Yep. Cat, wake up, man. Which were really late night adventures that then went into elimination rounds or something <laughs> crazy like that. Yeah. Um. Big money, big money, no whammies. Tork goes That's to sleep. <laughs> yep. Um. Cat wakes up. Seven hours. Yep. Goes to sleep. Seven hours. Stays up for a while. Wakes up Albrecht. Goes to sleep. And eventually, you guys hear knocks on all the doors. <laughs> now, how do we figure this? Elbow cat. Go we'll answer my door. It. Okay. There's a. There's a. <laughs> look out! There's a drow there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this keeps happening. Um, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hey, Beavis. Uh, would you like to come down to breakfast? Sure. Uh, I will wake my compatriots. Uh, we'll be down there. We'll, we'll let the uh, knock, attendants... Knock, 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 yeah. knock. Go ahead and tell your friends that they're, they're not going to wake up. I'm going to have to go and get them. Oh. Uh, but we'll tell <laughs> the attendants when we're ready to go down. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, you rolled tongue Oh, no, no. I, I was rolling to see if he could just look past you <laughs> at, at the two tanks behind you. Yeah, you open the door like... <laughs> and that's why I rolled. Um, he does not appear to, to, to think okay. that anything's amiss, but he waves the other ones away. Ket, unlike the rest of the party, is fairly intelligent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Next say, time we're in battle, we'll let you think the people dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do a little. 
That, that... I'm going. I'm going to cast dispersions on your mother. <laughs> That's how Cat talks, by the way. Uh, I'm going to make you question your motivation. <laughs> I kind of think Matthew should play a bard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. All right. So if I play a bard, there's going to be a lot of tenacious D, and that would be. <laughs> you are. And? I see no problem with that. <laughs> You are led down to a dining hall. Um, in this dining hall are several round tables. Um, uh, there are people milling in and out, but when you guys get there, um, one of the tables where that previously had people eating at, or drow eating at it is cleaned up. Um, and you are led to another table, and there appears to be no other groups coming in, although there is a fair amount of attendance just kind of hovering around to see if you need anything, you know, refilling your glasses and such. Let's do idle morning chit-chat. I'll sleep. Um, We'll say that the way that you guys are, are sitting... Um, Seven Owls has uh, the best view to the door. Um, the door that we came in? Or the, door the door that you came kitchen? in through. Because, okay. yeah, there is another door, but the door that you came in through. Um, and you see, coming in through the door, a young man, probably in his 20s. Um, he is not a drow. He has kind of wild, unruly hair and big sideburns. His uh, ears are a little pointy, but not like elf pointy, like backwards kind of animal pointy. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a big black, super cool jacket that you know, kind of a uh, with that kind of goes down to his knees. Mm-hmm. Um, he appears to have very long fingernails and is kind of fiddling with a dagger as he walks in. Um, the other drow or the drow seem confused as to why this person is here. Hey, check that guy out. I'm Look over. Is he gonna bet that there's a soundtrack that accompanies this guy wherever he goes? <laughs> yep. Not not quite. Okay. So, Ked looks over. You know, same same description. You don't yeah. really recognize him. Albert looks over. No, no real recognition. <laughs> hey, Torque. What? That looks like a slightly older Smith. Hmm. Like, maybe three years older. Really? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. Like, exactly like? Like, you haven't seen Smith for three years, and now here he is. <laughs> like, and he looks a little leaner, um, and a little taller, but that's about it. And that sounds like an awesome place. <laughs> Uh, end this week's episode. What? No! Oh, I don't even have to wait a like week, an and I still awesome hate you. <laughs> you. You are a horrible, Tork, horrible it's, it's slow motion. Torque's head turns. Hey, and here we go. Head. Let's uh, let's keep the Smith action going with a question from uh, Mr. Smith. Mr. Ad- uh, uh, I'm not even John the Q. Smith of any first town. Name, you but his last name is Smith. What are your thoughts on having a character that role plays slightly different than their optimum stat- stats? 
For example, take a, a Marshall character. If they're being described as having average or above average intelligence and very naive or foolish, low wisdom, would you try to make it? Would you try to adjust their stats when they're being created, or just give them appropriate abilities and roleplay the west, uh, rest? That is from W. Smith. Can I start? Go ahead. Absolutely, roleplay the rest. I have always been a huge, huge, huge detractor of the 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 min maxing optimization mindset because for me it really limits the character. Not everybody who wants to be a fighter is going to be an enormous guy who's dumb. Mm-hmm. Not everybody who wants to be a wizard is going to have an intelligence of 20. And I think that, you know, from a character perspective, you know, I certainly wouldn't do it every time because then it becomes just as annoying as min-maxing every guy. But right. from a character perspective, having, you know, playing, a, say, a mage with an intelligence of 12 changes the, I mean, it changes the way the game works and it changes what you're looking with. And it makes it, you know, it makes it different than, hey, here's this beautiful optimum build that I downloaded off the internet that gives me perfect, awesome everything and makes me, you know, super giant. I, I think that sometimes it's good to have somebody who may struggle a little bit to have, you know, a fighter who isn't the strongest or a monk who isn't, you know, the greatest of his kind. Not everybody is going to be edge every once in a while. You know, somebody has to be, I don't know, let's say Gene Snitsky. Hmm. You do need your Snitskis. Yeah. Um, definitely, in a game like D&D that assumes a certain level of optimization, um, you you definitely have few flaws to, to pick from to, to roleplay because the characters are, are even meant to be pretty good at, you know, almost everything as you go along. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, would, I would urge people who are playing D&D to say not make a fighter who is not that strong or or rather not make a fighter who is really weak like don't don't tone down what your class is supposed to do because then when combat breaks out I get you know you're not going to have fun but you know you don't always have to do the strong and dumb fighter you can do the strong and smart fighter and there are feats out there that you can take that will complement that build it's not the most optimum build, but as you guys can see from the characters that I made for you, I'm not always a, a, the biggest fan of the optimal build. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob? I don't really have anything extra to weigh in. Other than <laughs> fourth edition has the point-by system, so you can set up your stats to actually mm-hmm. complement what you're wanting to roleplay anyways. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some of them will be a little less optimum, but yeah, you just have to measure it versus either do you want to be as optimal as you want or do you want to be a little more interesting. And even if you aren't as optimal as you want, or even if you do optimize it and you want to play against what you have, it's not that big a deal. It's not yeah. that difficult to justify uh, someone who's got a really high charisma as being shy and quiet. It's just they're very likable right away right. or someone who's or got a really low so charisma. Handsome. Yeah, <laughs> or someone who's got a really low charisma as being, you know, really talkative and you know, likable, but just but ugly. Yeah. Um, and and lastly, I'm I personally am a big fan of you know a lot of people do like the super high stat and right. then like a super low stat. I'm a big fan of two pretty high stats and then everything else kind of being average because mm-hmm. I kind of that that gives the character something where he's not uh, 
super great at one thing, but also um, it gives you basically two role play avenues of you know. Well, I'm also actually have you know pretty good common sense, or I'm pretty smart aside from being a kick-ass ninja. Okay, Danny Bryan. Yeah, I'd largely just be echoing everything everybody else said. Uh, with D and D, it is a little bit more important to, or it seems a little bit more focused on actually having a bit more min-maxed. Uh, depending on basically the game, really, it's more or less important on whether or not you do See, need to have the stats. I think that comes down to the kind of game you play. Yeah. Again, this is my only fourth okay. edition experience, but I find that, and I don't mean this in a negative way, you guys, all three of you, Rodrigo, uh, Jim Bob, and uh, Brian, do more min-maxing than I necessarily mm-hmm. would with the characters we've been playing. Sure. But again, you know, it, it's the kind of game you play, it's the people you're playing with, and I think, you know, there's an expectation on my part of sometimes throwing in a little challenge or difficulty to make the, you know, the actual gaming experience a little challenging for me. Mm-hmm. In, you know, not that it hasn't been, but I think it's something where I want to have that limitation because I don't think that if you're actually, you know, if we presume these characters are born somewhere on this other plane, not everybody is going to be perfect, even at what they want to do. I mean, I, I wish that my personal real time uh, uh, dexterity was 17, but it's really more like a four. Mm-hmm. So I just have to get by with my 18 charisma and my 16 intelligence. So I'm good. Okay. Thank you so much, a listener, for your question. Or Smith, thank you so much for your, your question. You, if you have any questions, you can send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Or you can call the Major Spoilers hotline. That number is 785-727-1939. 785-727-1939. You can call and leave your question there. If you uh, have a moment, you could head over to iTunes and leave us some of these fabulous five-star reviews that people have been leaving left and right, including this one from Mr. XDM40, who says, I love the podcast. I'm new to it. I'm on show 24. I have not played in a long time and no longer know anyone to play with. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much for the show. Brings up a question, Rob. This is a pretty awesome episode, right? Sure. Had somebody just appear at the end that was pretty cool and awesome. (laughs) That everybody seems to like been questioning about statues and why that hasn't been built yet. <laughs> we uh, haven't been back to you know what? We, we really, really... How much would you pay for this show? <laughs> $5? What if we throw $10? in these Gimsu steak knives? Now how much would you pay? I would say probably $10 a month isn't too much to ask for this kind of entertainment. $10 a month, that would be... Run the calculations, that is what... Uh, we do four episodes. That's like less 66 cents a day. 60 cents, cents, 66 cents a day. <laughs> Listen, we appreciate everybody who's head over to Majorspoilers.com and who have donated to Major Spoilers. Uh, that includes everything. The Major Spoilers podcast, the website, the forums, the Twitters, including Critical Hit. And we enjoy doing Critical Hit when we get together. But we'd like to do so much more than what we're doing now. And um, we've had some people ask us, hey, instead of just a one-time donation where I have to remember to come in every month or every couple of months to give you guys a few bucks, why don't you guys create a recurring donation? And so we have. We have three different levels that you can create for recurring donations. We've got a $2 a month, a $5 a month, or for our super fans, a $10 a month recurring donation. That means every month... $10 automatically gets deducted out of your account. You don't have to worry about it. What we're looking for is 100% buy-in. 
We are looking for every single listener of Critical Hit and the Major Spoilers podcast to get on one of these recurring donations so that we can do so much more with Critical Hit and Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers podcast than what we're able to do now uh, fishing out of our own pockets each and every month. So, uh, if you would like to help us out, Majorspoilers.com, look on the right side. You will see those donations. You can still make a one-time donation, or if you'd like to make a recurring donation, we would appreciate it greatly. And until ne- uh, next week, when we find out just who the heck this Smith guy is, here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. Places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com marathon. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.